to the Intentional Living Center today, continuing to uh, take your questions. Our mission here is to help you experience life as God intended. The question is for each of us is, is are we are we living God, the way God intended today? Let's face it. Uh, if you're miserable in your marriage, that's not God's intention. Up to your eyeballs in debt, frustrated with your children, lost spiritually. Uh, that's not God's intention. Not about perfection. The Bible teaches that if we live in this world, we're going to have problems. Right. So this isn't uh, become a Christian, live intentionally. And, you know, everything is going to come up roses. That's not true. But here's the thing. When it doesn't come up as a rose, it comes up as a thorn. You're better prepared to deal with it. And that's what intentional living is all about. Stating clearly, actionable intention for whatever it is you're facing. That's what we want to help you do. And then develop those kind of daily habits that can be transformational in your life for God's glory. As I said earlier in the week, Daniel had the habit of praying three times a day, no matter what happened. And uh, it changed his life. What kind of habits do you have? Do I have in our lives? That's what we talk about. Uh, Glad to have you be a part of the show. You can leave your comments at 888-888-1717. Let's go to Rita in Kansas. Hi, Rita. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing just fine. Say, I wanted to reach out to Tracy that, was talked had talked on Tuesday about her son that was she's praying for and having a hard time with and I, I I was almost in tears because I have a son too that I've been praying for for like over thirty years just mm. I I just wanted to reach out in, in love and tell her to never give up never give up on God never give up on prayer keep having people pray for her and keep keeping the word herself every day I read the word and I spend time in the word and. And it's it's just been a long haul because he's been in jail, he's been addicted to drugs, and he's in another program now. That it's so far, it's been a year, so he's been clean, and I'm I'm so grateful. Yeah. I've had the church pray, and I just don't give up, don't ever give up. It's just you know, I just I am thankful. God is God is good. God is great. I just you know, I just I wanted to reach out. I was in tears because he's he's been in jail and he's been out of jail. He's been at halfway houses. He's in a program now that they're pretty strict with him, but. I'm glad. I think it's something he needs, but he's 42 years old. So I just, you know, <laughs> been Parenting praying a long end, time. Yeah. You just never give up. Yeah. yeah. I just, and you got to take care of yourself her. too. And with those who missed that call earlier in the week, Tracy, and in her case, it was her daughter who was in jail and, and uh, she's taking care of these kids and there was uh, drugs and all sorts of things involved before she stepped in and she was beating herself up. My life's upside down. It's changed radically. And, I feel like I'm inadequate, not doing a good job. And I ask the question, if you're not doing the job, is there anybody else to do better? And the, and the answer is no. And so she needed to cut herself some slack. And I think many of you, like Tracy and like Rita reminds us, we're talking about intentional living. Maybe you have a clear, actionable intention for your kids to be godly young people, and I'm praying for them, and they're acting like jerks or worse. And you don't know how to respond. You're saying, I'm you know, being faithful. I, I got this intention. Then it comes back to the second step of making the, kind of, the right kind of habits. And Rita reminds us the habit says, I'm going to pray for my son every day. Maybe you have the habit of say every day I give my son or daughter back to Christ, back to God. He created them. I love them. But uh, I'm putting them back into his hands, getting them out of my own sense of being responsible, right? which is hard. But developing the kind of right uh, habits, habits of our mind, habits of our attitude, habits of our behavior, 
that, that can be transformational. All right. Thank you. Uh, let me go to Cheryl in Michigan. Hey, hey, Cheryl, how are you? I'm okay. Glad to hear you. Thank you. Appreciate your call. Where in Michigan are you listening today? Uh, I'm in Ferndale. Ah, Hey, listen, I, I uh, was raised just north of you in Berkeley. Okay, I know where that's at. Yeah. You, so funny, the first day you were on the air, I knew you were coming, and I caught you. And then I, with the author that you were with, whose name escapes me, I had just read a book by him. And I'm like, oh, this is too coincidental. Well, have you been listening ever since? On and off, yeah, on and off, because I'm, like, uh, in the car or wherever, you know. Right. I, caught you, I caught you today in the car. Well, spread the word, 93.1 on the air all across Metro Detroit. And uh, for those who don't know, Ferndale is the home of the uh, Detroit Zoo, right? Um, just you just know south of you. Right Brown near Woodward. Uh, could be, I don't, you know Eight what? Eight Mile Road, be. yeah. I know they better than you, and I don't even live there anymore, Cheryl. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Okay. Royal Oak. Yeah. Royal Oak. You can walk from Royal Oak. It's been, it's been a while. All right. It's been a while. All right. How can I help you today? Okay. Um, I have a daughter. She's 28. Um, she has struggled with some things, um, social anxiety, bullied really badly in middle school. But she's trying to get things She's on her own now with a boyfriend, been together nine years. Has been working nine years and been walking to work with minimal problems. She's she's not she's like five one, hundred twenty five, cute girl, mom says. And everything was fine until New Year's Day. She's walking to work in Clawson on fourteen mile, good area, okay? Um, a guy Gets out of her, and I'm all, she's being kind of sketchy with details, I think, for a reason. But apparently, a guy gets out of his car, physically stands in the route she's going to go, so she has a choice of keeping walking or crossing four lanes of uh, 14 miles mm-hmm. across. Yeah. Anyways, she, this, this is going to be hard. So she comes up to him, and he's really nice. I'll give you a ride. No, she declines, of course. And she says, I have a, I'm have. i in a relationship. And he's like, so what? And then he gets really nasty and just misogynistic, I think, and insults her, insults her relationship, tells her her boyfriend doesn't love her because he would ride, give her a ride. Bottom line, um, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, I want, I want to get help for her. I want. She needs to have a car. You know, she needs. So, to have so a car. what's your question for me, Cheryl? Okay, my question is this. So I went to my extended family, and got no help whatsoever. They were like, and it's almost like it's almost like the Samaritans, you know, on on the, this side of the room. Um, and so I, I'm kind of. So, so you're stuck. You want to help your daughter, and your family's not helping. That, that, that's basically what I'm hearing. First of all, hey, listen, um, God love those of you who are having to travel and travel alone, and, and for women in particular, and men as well, 
we we live in a we we just live in a really dangerous time in the world, and and so uh, those kinds of things getting those reported and hopefully there can be help for those kinds of things. But uh, here's the thing: your 28 year old daughter doesn't feel safe traveling the way she's traveling right now, and so to be able to think about what do we get rid of in our life so we can help her be safe. Uh, I, I tell people when it comes to our money and I know everybody's situation is different. I understand that. But when we prioritize again, we're talking about our intention. Our intention is we want to help daughter be safe. How do we do that? Carpool, maybe with some other people. Uh, maybe there's some other ways, uh, you know, an Uber type transportation that might be, safer. Uh, Maybe there's other creative things that could be done short of a car that might be helpful, but we need to sit down and talk about how can we creatively help 28 year old daughter be able to get to work and get home in the safest way possible. And so when we talk about intentional living, this is something really important for all of us. It's so easy for us to lose sight of the actionable intention that we have and we see all of the roadblocks, all the clutter. One of the steps of intentional living is we got to declutter those things in our life that keep us from doing the things that are most important in our life. And if right now the most important thing is 28 year old, five foot one daughter, get to work, get home safely. We have to sit down and creatively think, what what can we do? I wouldn't spend a lot of time worrying about the family that's not supporting her. Because you're worrying about that isn't going to make any difference. If they're not going to support her, they're not going to support her. we got to be able to move on and move to the next thing. It's interesting. You look at even in Scripture. Isn't it interesting when the disciples would go to a village and they were rejected? What, did, what, did the, what was the command? You shake the dust off your sandals and you move on. I think it's so easy for us when we're trying to do something that's good to look at all the people who are oppositional holding us back, resistive to what we're trying to accomplish. Instead of saying, God love you and God bless you, but I'm moving forward anyway. And so look for other resources that may be available there in uh, the Metro Detroit area or other ideas that you could talk to some people that can help you get to the place to deal with that. I hope that helps, Cheryl. And by the way, glad you're listening. We're here for you every day. 93.1 all across Metro Detroit and around the country, of course, uh, from our Intentional Living Center. I'm Dr. Randy. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living. And we'll be right back. Hello, Dr. Randy. This is Sam. And uh, two years ago, I intentionally decided to uh, leave the intentional life by waking up in the morning and thanking God for everything that He has done for me. Also, during the day, I take time to thank Him and thank Him again at night when I go to bed. And you know, that has made a real difference in my life. I'm more peaceful. I have more joy. 
and uh, get more encouragement to seek Him in His Word. I also like to get your address so I can make a contribution to your ministry. God bless. Yeah, he has. Listen, here's the address. It's easiest, quickest, and all the information you need is available at the website. Just go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. We have our resources. We have our podcasts available, all of our streaming articles, lots of help on living intentionally, an opportunity for you to join and support. If you click the little donate icon, become a part of Intentional Living, let us resource you, encourage you, and those who are supporting the ministry in a special way uh, with our teaching, our materials, and all of that. Just go to theintentionallife.com, click on the donate, or during West Coast Business Hours, you can call 888-888-1717 and press uh, number 2 talk to our staff. Uh, you just joined us. Maybe you've been spinning the dial and you found Intentional Living or our podcast online. Our mission here is to help you experience life as God intended Here's the question. Are you experiencing life as God intended today? If you are, this is just a reinforcement. If you're not, we're giving you some of the steps that we believe, biblical steps you can take, keeping it really practical. Every day you need a clear, actionable intention. If your marriage is a mess, you should have an actionable intention that says, hey, listen, it is my intention to be the person I need to be in my marriage. Or maybe you're just financially struggling. My intention is to be a good steward, honor God with the money that I'm making, and uh, to get out of debt. That's my, whatever, whatever words you use, but it's sort of a goal, an aim, it's a direction. And then, hey, here's a key. Many of us can do that, but we don't take the next step. And that's to have the right daily habits. We need a habit makeover. Habits are things that we learn and we do repeatedly. For instance, if you find that you have an issue with your credit card and you're struggling financially and a new habit, I'm going to be cash only. Maybe that's going to help. Or maybe you find yourself, you go to a certain place, maybe you're online and you shop online and you find yourself going to certain sites and overspending. The habit makeover is I don't go to that site anymore. Or if I do, my credit card is locked in a frozen Tundra in my freezer, and I can't get to it. That was an idea one person had, by the way, Joel. Take a coffee can, fill it with water, put your credit card in there, and freeze it. And so when you <laughs> your credit's frozen, right? So when you want to buy something that's going to take you a while to thaw it out before you get to it, maybe that'll help. All right. Um, by the way, you're welcome to share your comments and questions here. We love hearing your questions you can share them on our storyline. We'll get to them on the air in the days ahead. 888-888-1717 is uh, the number. Speaking of uh, calls, let's, uh, let's get back to the calls. Hello, my name is JC. I have a large family, and I'm the youngest. I have three sisters, three brothers. Most of us are very productive citizens of uh, the world, and we make our own way in life. The middle child, however, wants to remain homeless, living out of their car. And this middle child declares to be a Christian also with the three sisters. And this middle child, she is 
milking the system, so to speak, collecting food stamps, any kind of thing she can get for free, she's getting it. We feel bad for her, but she is making this statement constantly that she's a Christian and that we need to take care of her. She is not physically impaired. She is not going through any health issues at the moment. And she has had jobs, many of them. She has issues with talking too much and telling the bosses how to run their business. So she gets laid off, fired, various things. She insists that we are Christians and we are supposed to take care of her. Dr. Randy, what are we supposed to do with our homeless living out of her car sister when we've all stepped in, let her live for us for months at a time, she cannot abide by the simplest of rules, like picking up after herself and inviting strangers to the house. And we cannot deal with that. So what do we do with this person? She's driving us crazy. We love her. She's our sister. But please help. Mm, Thank you. JC, you know the answer. You just don't like it. It's not what you want. It's not what you expect. Uh, I don't think there's an easy way out when you have a totally irresponsible member of the family who refuses to take any responsibility for themselves at all and blame other people. For whatever reason, that's where she's ended up in life. I can tell you what you shouldn't do. You should not continue to enable bad behavior. Giving people an, an easy out or money or whatever only allows a person to stay stuck in that vicious cycle of self-destruction in their lives until a person bottles up, bottoms out sometimes. Until they really, and unfortunately, sometimes even when they bottom out, they don't want help. Come on, we know a lot of people, and I, people, some of you are people helpers now, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can go out and try to help a person who really needs help, and they either don't want the help or they don't want it that way, or if you give it to them, uh, they abuse it and they're back to wherever they were. There's a tendency for us to go back to the way things are. That's the inertia that we experience in our own personal lives. If we have a sense of momentum and purpose and direction, intentionality, we continue to do that. We're talking about habits. And one of the things I've read about is called habit stacking, which means that when you develop one habit, uh, it tends to add to another habit. It just automatically becomes, if you, for instance, a habit of saying, I'm going to get up first thing in the morning and pray, uh, that habit tends to add then, hey, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to encourage somebody. And that becomes a habit. And then that the positive tends to build. At the same time, people who get in this vicious cycle of negativity about themselves, about life, continue to reinforce these bad habits with more bad habits. And uh, no matter what we try to do to break them, we can't break them. So what do you do? I think you're doing what you need to do. Pray for her. I, I think the message, if that were my sister, I'd say, honey, I love you, and you know there's a better way of living. We're here to help you, but we're not going to help you stay stay where you are. If you want to help, a hand up, I'm willing to give you a hand up. But I can't draw you out or I can't fix your problems. That's something we can work with you on, but we're not responsible for it. It's painful. All right, JC, appreciate uh, the call. Let's take, let's take a break. 
Laughter, fun, hope. You'll experience all of this at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. What's the process to build an intentional marriage? The reality is there should be a great big sign across our foreheads on the day we get married that says, Assembly Required. You'll have a great time at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Friday, March 1st at New Hope Church in East Lansing. And Saturday, March 2nd at the Auburn Hills Christian Center in Metro Detroit at 7 p.m. Register at theintentionallife.com. Hey, do that today, March 1st, uh, East Lansing, and then Auburn Hills on Saturday night, 2nd. Looking forward to being in Michigan um, for the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. We had a great conference in Albuquerque, part of our tour in the spring. We sold out like three weeks early in Albuquerque. And looking forward to just a a great group all across uh, Michigan, Central Michigan and Southeast Michigan. East Lansing and Auburn Hills, March 1, March 2, the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Tickets available today at theintentionallife.com. You can get them there. Can I encourage you to bring some other couples with you? You talk about a ministry, you got a couple that you know. You say, you know, we've always wanted to be a ministry to them and maybe take them out to dinner and then come to the evening and we'll spend a couple of hours, two, two and a half hours, really talking about and enjoying what marriage is intended to be. What is God's intention for marriage? It's not to be miserable. It's not to be lost. It's not to be broke. It's not to be on different pages in parenting. It's not just going to work so you can have the money to pay the bills. God's intention for marriage is a beautiful picture of his love for the church. And we're going to show you how intentional living can really make a powerful difference in marriages, good marriages to great Great marriages to super great. And if you're struggling, how to get off the floor, in a sense, in your marriage to say, hey, we're going to start moving in the new direction. Hope you'll be there. March 1 in East Lansing, March 2 in Auburn Hills in Michigan. Go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. All right, back to the calls in Arizona. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Jessica from Glendale, Arizona, and I am calling in regards to my um, almost 18-year-old daughter. Um, I am a foster adopted mom. I have three children from 8, 5, and 3, and now they are 17, 14, and 12. And they are amazing children, but my 17-year-old, who's almost going to be 18 next month, is very much struggling with boundaries and has boyfriend issues and all of those kind of things. I've set up boundaries with her, and I have given her contracts. I, for example... She stayed out late one night, and she was driving my car, so I took away her car privileges for a period of time. But she is threatening to move out and doesn't like my rules and doesn't like my things. How do you parent a child that had a really rough start, and I've adopted her and everything, but how do you parent a child that's almost an adult? (laughs) Do you let them do things when they're adults, even though they're living underneath your house? She's still a senior in high school. And um, I would just love some advice for that. Well, I I have that for you, as you can imagine. Uh, Having worked with parents for a long time, I'd encourage two things. One is uh, don't don't become something different in your home than you need to be for your home. Okay? Now, you need to be reasonable. I mean, she's 17. She's not 7. And so you need to be reasonable. Pick your battles carefully. These are things you've heard us say. Not every battle is worth picking. Not every... Argument needs to be won. Some are worthless. Some are meaningful. 
Secondly, I think you need to sit down with her and say, honey, I know, listen, I know you've had uh, some difficulties in your life where you've, how you've gotten here and I'm proud of you and let her know you love her and you care for her. But to say something like this, listen, you're 17 and you're at this point where you can, you can move out here pretty soon anytime you want. I mean, you're going to be making decisions for your life. Uh, you know, I'm not sitting on your head. I'm not trying to make you somebody you're not. This is the way it is here. We'd love to have you be here. I want you to be a part of our lives. We love you. We care for you. We see this potential in your life. But uh, you can make a decision in this last year before you choose to move out, basically, when you turn 18. What do you want it to be like? You want it to be a year that uh, you're going to grow and make some decisions, maybe live in a way that maybe you don't always agree with, or you're going to rebel and decide, no, it's going to be my way or the highway. It's up to you. Keeping the ball in her court. That's really the message. Really? That's the message. All right, quickly, can we get one more? I think I have time for Mary before we uh, we run out, of town, uh, run out of time. Mary, go right ahead. Hi, Dr. Randy. Um, my question is equitability uh, with uh, giving gifts to your children. And when you have one child that has more of a need than others, and, a, and maybe it is uh, because of bad decisions of maybe buying a uh, bigger house and different kinds of cars and things like that that he can, sending his kids to schools, but still the financial need is with him and not with the other two. Um, what is our responsibility as far as helping him, keeping him out of jail, as I say, but that's just a euphemism. He's not going to go to jail, but just trying to keep his head above water before he has a heart attack over it all uh, and, and not, uh, not giving to the other two because they don't have the need. That is really tearing my husband and I apart. We were retired. We have the money. Uh, we have what we call a special needs kid. It's not physical, mental. He just has uh, a different need. Anyway, if you could broach this on your radio program, that would mm. just be wonderful. Well, the good news is um, there's help. And the best news for me is I only have a minute left. So uh, <laughs> because that is a really difficult question with so many nuances to it. Uh, a couple of principles, the, and maybe we can address this for a whole show sometime. Yeah, that'd be a great question to address. How do you provide uh, equally with your kids when they're not equally in need? Here's a fact. Not everybody's equal. Some, some kids are sharper, quicker, smarter than others, and some have less needs than others. However, in your family, you're, you're not to allow, as one said, the weakest person in a relationship to control the whole relationship. And so you can't allow the one child that chooses to be irresponsible to dictate how everybody in the family is treated. And so to that extent, we want to be as equitable as we possibly can be. But God has blessed you with some resources and you have an opportunity to help this son to deal with some things in his life. Now, let me say this as we're wrapping up the show today. If your son is not growing, and if your help is helping him to stay weak, stuck, and irresponsible, you need to cut it off. If your son is not willing to grow, become better in his habits, better in his decisions, better in his follow-through, then there's a point where you have to draw the line and say, this is it. This is the extent of what we're able to do to help you. Now, I know that doesn't fully answer the question. This would be a great show to use that as a question that we could talk about some point uh, with adult children. 
All right, we're out of time. Maybe you have a thought on that. We could air on a, on a future show. Well, how would you handle it? What have you learned about that in your own life? 888-888-1717 is my number. I'm Dr. Randy, along with Joel and Stephen today. Thank you for your prayers and support. Don't forget, Intentional Love Marriage Date Nights, East Lansing and Auburn Hills, March 1 and 2. I'll see you again right here from the Intentional Living Center. Have a great day.